take a few minutes and think through, you know, what's going on with my clients? Is this, is, is it possible? Is there an incident that you know of that really was never resolved satisfactory? Uh, just, and then how am I going to approach this? This is Outside Sales Talk, the best podcast for outside salespeople. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and we're here to chat with the world's top sales experts so that you can get their best sales tactics to level up your game. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I've got Lynn Whitbeck with us, and we're going to talk about repairing client relationships when things go wrong. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Oh, Steve, I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be a great conversation. Yeah, really excited to have you here. So just to introduce you, Lynn, uh, Lynn is a sales trainer, strategic sales consultant, and international speaker, and she specializes in sales planning and reviving stagnant sales. Uh, Lynn is also the founder and CEO of Petite to Queen and Future Forward Sales. Um, well, let's jump into it. First, Lynn, what do you define as the perfect client relationship? <laughs> Well, a perfect client relationship is one based on mutual respect. It's a win-win relationship. And it's where there's a good fit, a strong fit uh, for both what your services provide and the outcome that the client desires. And uh, what, what would you say are the steps that you take to achieve that ideal situation that you just described? Well, the first thing is, is that for every company, they should have five questions that a client must answer to fit their ideal client avatar. And these can be a range of different things um, from the size of the company to the revenue, uh, to having certain departments, manufacturing a certain product or uh, being in a certain industry. I mean, there's that, you know, the world is big. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So uh, it can be as wide or as narrow, but there should be five questions that they need to answer a yes to. And so that really helps you analyze right off the gate. Is this someone who is a prospect? Is it someone who's going to be a relationship? And, you know, because you still want to, the relationships matter. They may know someone, (laughs) they may change positions at some point. Things could change in their organization. So, of course, you're going to work the prospect through your um, your funnel, but you still want to hold on to the relationships. But they just move into a different path. Yeah, that you know, that's really interesting. That that when 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 asked to def- to you know how to achieve a good relationship, you say, well, it's really about who you targeted to be interacting with in the first place. And that, I mean, that, that's a, that's a really powerful thought, I think for a lot of people like, uh, and conversely, if you're in a bad situation, maybe that's the first question you should ask is (laughs) why are we having such a bad relationship? Well, it's because we're not compatible. You're not my ideal customer profile. Um, it's actually funny as I, as I say all that out loud, it sounds like I'm talking about rela- yeah. any relationship between humans, really. But. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> they are another human being, but that's really the start of the relationship. And then, of course, you want to demonstrate your worthy intent, you know, your genuine curiosity in them as a person and their organization and what they do. Um, and you really want to be able to answer their client why. You know, so why do they need your, your product or service? What does it they want, need, or lack? How does it fill that? Uh, how it benefits them so they can. Ultimately, we are all selling the outcome. 
so they can. So they can do what? And that is what people buy. They're buying the so, so they can. And what strategies do you use to make sure that the relationship is mutually beneficial where everybody it's a win-win and everybody's doing uh you know getting what getting what they can out of the relationship yeah so of course in sales we're asking questions but another thing is that we stop pause and listen and carefully listen to their response clients will tell you everything you want to know with a little bit of prompting and um, that's one of the biggest challenges that some people and I myself have ch had that challenge that I've had to work through is really thinking to myself, powerful pause, stop talking, let them process what I just said and let them respond. And then, you know, when you do that, and then you can keep prompting them, you know, tell me more, help me understand. Well, that's really intriguing. How da da da, you know, whatever it is. And as you continue that conversation, they're going to open up like a clam, right? And you're going to find that pearl that's inside. So the key to making sure a relationship is mutually beneficial is really that that communication and and listening well and and getting them to truly hear you and and understand where you're coming from by being a great communicator using pauses etc yeah well it's also a matter of demonstrating as i said your worthy intent you know uh, that you are genuinely interested in them their company and their organization generosity of spirit um, that can include right then and there if they're having some kind of particular problem being a resource to them um, let's, you know, just getting into a brainstorming and how they could map something out um, that may not be related to your product or service at all, but you're delivering a, some kind of value to them. And all the way through the relationship where you're building that rapport, you're cultivating the relationship, you want to be um, always delivering value. In fact, all the way through, um, after you have an established client, you still want to continue in the nurturing process to be delivering value to that client to make sure that relationship is really strong. Absolutely. And a second ago, we talked about um, how a relationship can be bad and you know that, that can be driven by just being a bad fit from the beginning. Um, what are some telltale signs that salespeople should be aware of when it comes to identifying unhealthy relationships? Well, uh, once again, you're dealing with another human being. I would say always trust your gut. Um, watch their body language, you know, will they, do they refuse to make eye contact? Are they crossing their arms? Are they constantly, you know, like doing some kind of devil advocate thing, or are they constantly trying to ask really off the wall, weird questions just to see if they can get a rise out of you. Um, so that right there is going to tell you that maybe this is going to be a confrontational type of relationship. Um, but those feelings, um, that you have, um, you need to go with that because you can either invest a ton of time trying to make this work or you can walk away and find someone who is a good fit. Because remember that whole 80-20 rule, which I think is like 98-2, where you're going to put 98% of your effort into someone who's going to give you 2% of your volume. So you know what? You got gumption, take a walk. <laughs> That makes a ton of sense to me. I mean, I, I think it's it's important to recognize when you're 
when you're not in the best relationship with a client or even more so if, if even one of your competitors would be a better fit, maybe you have a competitor that's more uh, customizable, or, you know, maybe you have a competitor that does something in an adjacent space that's similar to you, but would really be a better fit for this, this person you're talking to right now. I think the right thing to do for, and, and identify it from the beginning of the relationship if possible, but the right thing to do is to, is to send them in that direction. If there is something better out there for them, because it's, yeah. it's better for you and it's better for them. Yeah. I mean, you always want to exit with a grace and kindness, um, you know, giving them their dignity and the respect that they deserve. But, you know, sometimes in relationships, as we build that rapport, it's like peeling an onion and something that wasn't revealed early on is later on revealed. And you realize, well, you know, at your organization, this isn't something you can actually fit this core need that they have that you needed to dig down to get to it. And so to your point, then that's the place where you can give them a warm referral, um, an introduction to somebody who will be a better fit for them. Right. And how would you say you make sure that you fully understand your, your customer's expectations and also fully understand and are aware of the experience that they feel like they're having? Yeah. Well, you ask questions and you actively listen um, and, and you, you, you keep and you prompt them. So as you ask a question, you listen, because as I said, they're going to tell you everything when you manage that, um, that communication correctly. And that requires you to be patient and for you to ask questions that don't put them on the defense, but rather allow them to expand on some nugget that they've provided that you go, okay, that's interesting. Tell me more or help me understand how that impacts your operation. And so that you get a bigger 360 um, picture of how something's you know, working or not working or something that they, a requirement they have and why they have it that way. Sometimes you can anticipate or identify an objection um, that you are gonna need to address. Absolutely, and I've heard you say that you see problems and conflicts and disagreements with your customers and uh, prospects as well, I guess, as opportunities. How, yeah. how do you go about turning these negatives into positives? Well, yeah, Steve, let's be, let's be straight here. Things happen all the time. That's just the way life is, you know? And so, you know, that old phrase, you can, you know, if you get lemons, you got to make lemonade, right? So, and that's the same thing when things go sideways with a client. Uh, so it's so important because you can actually build a much stronger relationship with them uh, because people will forgive you. I mean, they will, and they'll also recognize that you came at the problem as a problem solver. You listened, uh, you addressed what was going on with them and, and that you guided them through that dark patch. The opposite is also true. If you don't handle it properly, you're gonna plant a bitter seed. And that bitter seed is gonna fester and it can eventually lead to the destruction of that relationship. Or, you know, it's, it's the type of thing that at some point you need to, you're gonna to have to dig it out, root it out so that it can be exposed to the sun and so that you can repair the relationship. But addressing it right up front so that bitter seed is never planted is, <laughs> way better for yourself, for your client, 
um, for the company. <laughs> and, and what what if what if it's something that you're not able to address to figure out up front and see around the corner with? But what if it's something that comes up as the relationship progresses or over time? What what can salespeople do, or what what should they keep in mind when? They're facing these types of conflicts with clients that uh, that that inevitably come up. <clears throat> it's like <laughs> big hot pause there. <laughs> you know, the first thing is to acknowledge the the customer, uh, and to also, if, I mean, if something did go wrong, you know, you want to immediately apologize for it, and it's to get in front of it in the sense of even if you don't have answers, you need to acknowledge and or apologize as needed. I always err on the side of you know apology um, because the client may they're gonna they can potentially feel betrayed their trust has been broken and it's emotional repair as well as addressing whatever occurred and this may be something that's completely out of your control you know sort of the classic the order shipped FedEx overnight it didn't get there now there's nothing you can do about that you're not unless you're FedEx. <laughs> Most likely, there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. But um, when you've planned for those kinds of contingencies and you know how to respond, then it's including everyone on your team, you can help uh, address that situation. And, and the biggest thing is to not get defensive. You know, you remember a lot of our behaviors are conditioned and we mean to have that mindfulness that this isn't an attack against us or a company. This is the client sharing with you something that's impacted them and they're going to help you do business better when you listen and then you respond to that and you may not have the answers up front but you can say this is what we're going to get started on right away and i will get back to you within two hours by tomorrow morning and i'll give you an update and you know depending on what the situation is it could take a while to sort out <laughs> but and then whatever you told them you do what you say you're going to do. Even if you don't have an answer, don't just not call or no email at very least. And depending on the situation, you may want to do both, you know, call and email them and just say, I don't have an answer for you. We're, this is what we've done so far. This is the progress we've made. And I'm going to give you an update this afternoon. That type of feedback lets the customer know that they're not left hanging, you know, that you care about this, that it's a priority. And that helps their build, bolster their trust in you and the organization. And what about uh, when someone's feelings have been hurt or you, you need to do some emotional repair um, to, to recover the relationship? What do, you, what do you recommend around that? Well, actually any kind of service disruption requires emotional repair, you know, where you're dealing with another human being. So, um, <coughs> sorry, whatever occurred, you're dealing with another human being. So to respond to that, humans are a massive emotions and you need to do that emotional repair. And you do that by letting them tell you what their experience was. Even if it's that FedEx uh, shipment, you know, they're frustrated, they're angry, they're upset. They know that it wasn't your fault that it's FedEx, but you need to let them, don't fight, don't be defensive, let them go through that. 
And you can even acknowledge that, oh, this is so frustrating. I'm so sorry this happened. And, you know, and then once again, pause and let them fill the space. And when they can do that, they can themselves talk themselves into, you know, I know this isn't your fault, but it's so frustrating. I need a solution. I've got to get these materials to the plant. They needed them yesterday. What can we do? And then you can say, okay, this is my, our plan. We're going to ship a replacement shipment and it's going to go three ways. We're going to send UPS overnight. We're going to send USPS priority or overnight, right? Uh, whatever they call it. And, and we're going to try with FedEx again. One of them is going to make it, <laughs> you know, maybe all three of them, but that way they've got a supply and that's what we're going to do so that we've got you covered. And we're going to get anything that can be delivered, you know, like first morning, that type of thing. We'll get that done. And so then the customer, oh, wow. Okay. You've already thought through this. You've got this solution. You've got a backup plan. There's no way the plant won't have this tomorrow. <laughs> you know? So yeah. that's the type of thing that what you've done is you've let them really talk themselves, you know, you know, the classic that you've let them vent without trying to fix or answer the question. You've let them get to that point where they're, they, they can then sort of, oh, okay. And then you can step in. And when it comes to proactive planning and, and trying to, you know, kind of lay things out up front, what, why should salespeople use proactive planning when, and how does that help them with their client relationships? Yeah, well, every organization should actually work through a whole recovery plan, not just for the salespeople, but all the support staff. And the reason why is that when you've identified all the potential challenges you've had, that pesky FedEx overnight not arriving, um, you know how you're going to respond to it. And you basically can create that so that everyone on the team knows, and it gives them confidence when they're presented with these situations, because they're Obviously, also, when you go through this, you may identify something that you need to dig down to the root cause. Why does this keep happening? <laughs> you know, uh, what can we do to fix this? Um, I mean, back in the day, I had an experience with an order that accidentally shipped overnight air. And it was a whole huge order. And it was because the previous order the client had placed went overnight air. <laughs> but this was like an entire huge inventory replacement type thing. And so I find out about it when the client calls me because they get the bill and they get a freight cost that's like 10 times the cost of the order. And they're going, what the what? And so one of the things that we looked like, well, how did that even happen? Because all the input was correct. And it was because the shipping system had just picked up the previous shipping information. Mm -hmm. So what we put in place was an override required by the manager for anything that was not going ground. And yeah, it took an extra few seconds, but that would eliminate that from ever happening again because the company had to eat the cost, you know, thousands of dollars of the freight. So, um, you know, so there's things like that and because people make mistakes. It's just sort of human, right? I mean, you just give them that grace and the dignity and find a way to help everyone so it doesn't happen again. But that's just a quick story. But knowing these things helps you as the salesperson, it helps your team if the customer service takes the call, um, if your boss has to take the call, um, that you can work through it um, in a consistent and smooth manner because you sort of have a game plan already ready to go. Yeah, having having solid business processes in place can yeah. help uh, can help make customers happier because even if 
sometimes processes are burdensome. They, uh, they, they often reduce, reduce problems and risks, right? Always. I mean, if you walk through, I mean, a big thing that we do is always thinking about that strategic um, development of all of those processes. And as you do that, you also want to look at, are we overcomplicating these? Let's map it out. Let's take a few minutes for a rapid improvement process. 15 minutes invested here is going to save us hours, hours and hours. Time is money, <laughs> our resources. And, but also planning those out and figuring it out is, could, in, could actually protect you from losing a big client. I mean, it's an investment so that you will actually operate more effectively and efficiently. So let's enter the next section of the podcast, sales in 60 seconds. So quick questions, <laughs> quick answers. Okay. What would you say the most challenging part of repairing a client relationship that has gone sideways? Uh, to get out of your own way. Honestly, it's uh, because our behaviors are conditioned and it's you've got to have the humility and the ability to take that step back and let the customer tell you what happened and how it affected them so that you can then um, move forward. And is there, what, what is the best way that you would describe a point in time when you realize that a relationship is just unmendable? Huh, well, <clears throat> I don't know if there's a specific point in time, but if you realize that, some, that a bitter seed has been planted, that something's not going wrong, um, taking that time to sort of figure it out, some introspection, whether you take a walk in the park to try to just think about what's going on, uh, you get your team together so you guys can sort of talk about it. What do you think happened? But then talking to the customer, you know, just saying, you know, I just feel like something's got, is gotten off and I would like you to help me understand what that, what, what's happened because that's the sense that I have. And can we, you know, so what's the, you know, the elephant in the room, but once again, you're going to do it in a way that doesn't get their backs up, that they don't get defensive, that don't have that fighter, fight or flight or freeze it, you know, but instead it's like, yeah, something is, you know, we've been really upset that this happened two years ago and it's just, it just has made us, it still makes us mad. <laughs> okay. You know, honestly, I was in that situation once I, honest to goodness, I thought the issue had been resolved and they were actually still mad about something that happened two years ago because we never let them do that emotional repair. And so that's one thing you can do. And even if you can't mend the relationship, you can give them that opportunity so that they walk away without that anger and resentment because that's poison. You know, someone is going to write a bad review. Um, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's like a hundred times more likely than someone's going to write a good review. Absolutely. And you want to go ahead and when you do that for them, that can take that sting away. You know, you've treated them with that. I keep saying it, but dignity and respect, you've allowed them to have their say, you've acknowledged it, and then you exit with grace and kindness. They're far less likely <laughs> to suddenly be one of those people where you're having to hire, you know, reputation defenders or something. <laughs> sure. And how would you describe your go-to method for repairing an unhealthy client relationship? Yeah, well, have that conversation. I, the first thing is really 
for yourself is to to take a few minutes and think through you know what's going on with my clients is this is is it possible is there an incident that you know of that really was never resolved satisfactory uh just and then how am i going to approach this so that i can have this meeting and doing these in person whenever possible is certainly preferred i mean these days that's almost impossible um but even having a virtual meeting where you can at least see each other and you can read the body language and you can lean in and that you can show them that you're paying attention. If you're gonna take notes, tell them, I'm gonna be taking notes because I wanna make sure we capture all of this. Even though we're recording the session, uh, I ask them for permission to record the session, that type of thing, so that they know that you're not looking down at your iPhone you know, to check your messages. You're actually taking notes um, and then, you're nodding and you're acknowledging, repeating back what they asked. Um, so it's really important that they feel that they're being heard. And so, you know, that type of thing with a relationship, you know, once again, it's like, if you sit there in a moment of calm and really think about what's going on with all your customers, you can, you can find those spots. And also if you're doing a quarterly business review with your client, that's a great opportunity not only for you to report on what's occurred within the last quarter, sometimes you do them, you know, biannually, but what's occurred, you know, the progress that's been made, where everything is headed. And then you have the opportunity to ask them about how their read on how everything is going, um, what's in the future outlook for them. It's also a great way to find out about things that are going on inside the company, new initiatives that you can get in front of and you can put together um, a pilot program Ah, I love pilot programs. Um, so um, that those are, uh, it's such an Im impactful tool to utilize with existing clients. Um, and like I said, it doesn't have to be quarterly um, uh, for big enterprise clients, sometimes it's annually, but doing that really gets you out, not only to address anything that you weren't even aware of so that it can be brought up to the surface and you can table it and take it offline to to do it a second time, but it also allows you to find out what's looking in the future. Get that that uh, crystal ball. Absolutely. Well, what's the number one tip that you give your mentees or people that you train? <laughs> well, <laughs> man, uh, I would say that um, for this conversation, when we're talking about uh, problem solving and repairing relationships, it's um, don't fight, make it right. So um, there's so many tips for the, uh, I, I would say that overall for sales is that you need to come at it with worthy intent. It's not what's in it for you. It's what's in it for, for the client and for you together. And uh, that worthy intent and then that, 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 uh, that really that mission to, to be of value, to be of service, and to give that uh, generosity. And as an actionable takeaway, what should the field salespeople who are listening today do as a first step to get started on repairing their client relationships? Well, definitely putting together that recovery map. You know, think of the things that have occurred, the challenges that you've had, and then what are the solutions and sometimes you know the solutions now because you've been there, done that. 
Um, sometimes the solutions are, well, we've got options. What are the options? Like the whole FedEx thing. Um, doing that also, you can do that. It's a great exercise to do with your team, with your manager, um, you know, really bringing things to the forefront and how different people have handled different things. So instead of having the, you know, like just knowledge for one person or a couple people that it's everyone in the team has it, um, you know, really putting, building something like that out on the cloud also for customer service to be able to access. Um, the second thing is what I talked about earlier, you know, take that moment to really consider each and every one of your relationships, not just in your sales, um, but in life, you know, and so where are there some areas that maybe there's some emotional repair that's needed and some bridges to be mended? Well, I'm going to try to summarize everything you've gone over here today, Lynn. <laughs> um, so first, the perfect client relationship has mutual respect. The customer's a good fit, and it's a win-win for both parties. So you can ask questions to understand if a product, if a prospect is the right fit up front, and that can lead to much better uh, client relationships in general. Uh, you can demonstrate your, your genuine curiosity in what they do and what their product is because understanding them will help you service them better and serve them better. You wanna take time to pause and listen to your client's responses. Um, being, a, being a good listener is so important to um, having good relationships and repairing relationships. You wanna be a resource to your prospects, provide value, even when it's not really related to your product or service. You wanna be an expert in their business and, and provide value wherever possible. Answer answer the their why you know why why do they need your product or service what is the job that your product or service does um and that helps you understand them better and, and their their relationship to you better keep an eye out for your prospect's body language and trust your gut uh if a prospect's being very closed off and isn't showing interest it's okay to walk away from the relationship before you've put a ton of time into it. And this is a key skill in sales to know what's not qualified up front before you invest a ton of resources into it. And it's also a key skill when you're managing existing clients too. Ask questions that allow your prospect to expand and, and uh, get more out of your product. If there is a problem that arises, it's best to address it as, as quickly as possible, be upfront, um, deal with it. Acknowledge, and, and the way you do that is you acknowledge what happened and, and apologize as needed. You wanna make sure that you don't get defensive, but instead you take time to listen to, to their experience. Don't wait until you have all the answers, be proactive, reach out as soon as you find out that there's a problem so that you can build trust and learn exactly what's going on. Create a plan for the different things that can go wrong, have these processes in place for your company. You wanna, the way you develop these plans and figure out what can go wrong is go through past problems and see how you can prevent these types of things from happening again. If you have a, a good solid game plan for all the different situations that occur, then you'll be able to save time and, and possibly not lose those key clients in the future, but have better relationships with them instead. This has been great advice, Lynn, on, <laughs> on a tough topic that frankly, everyone in sales deals with. So yeah. 
Um, this is awesome. What, where can your, where can our listeners read more about your work, get to know you better? How do they reach out to you? Yeah. So they can find me on LinkedIn, uh, with slash Lynn Whitbeck and, uh, the websites are petite to queen.com and future forward sales.com. And you can uh, connect with me there. And we've got a really great piece for your audience, Steve. So it's called the pickle. And it's how to get out of those situations where you do get asked a completely off the wall or maybe even a downright weird question. Um, so it's a real simple acronym. How do I get out of this pickle? <laughs> so we've got a real quick little piece that you can download as wallpaper, or actually pin up on your wall. I have a whole wall of inspirational things that I keep pinned up. Um, that, that's, that's me. Uh, so... <laughs> Well, you're, <laughs> you're an inspiration to all of us, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it a long time. I tell you, my first inspirational thing was a red turbo Carrera when I started in sales. That was my dream car. Never bought oh. that dream car. <laughs> Probably never will. <laughs> but uh, that was, I had, I got a beautiful poster. I had it framed and it was like, that's what I looked at. <laughs> there you go. You know, it's, it's, it's more of the idea of the Carrera than actually owning the Carrera. I suspect. Yeah. Yeah. As time goes by all, you know, the things that are your inspiration change, right? So For sure. early, yeah. early on in my career. It's good. Good to know what bunny, bunny we're chasing around the track here. You, know? <laughs> you don't actually have to catch the bunny to want to, to want to race again tomorrow. No, no. Uh, well, this, this has been a great episode of the outside sales talk. If you work in field sales, as many, many folks listen to this podcast do, you will love Badger Maps. It's the number one route planner. It helps you sell 20% more, drive 20% less. You can get a free trial at badgermapping.com today. If anyone can think of any other sales reps out there that would benefit from learning what Lynn has taught us today about, uh, about managing tough client relationships, then feel free to share the love and forward this podcast along to them. Take care until next time, everybody.